0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of how tech impacts business talk. This is Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in whatever industry they're in. See how both the Young Turks and the established incumbents can now play the role of industry disruptors. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you know you're in the right place. Why? Because this is where the best run. Now, I have a little quiz for our listeners here. Take notes or just think about the answer. You can all yell it out. I can't hear you anyway, but I know you're out there thinking about this. What do the following items or activities have in common? Number one. PowerPoint deck printouts by the dozens. Okay, number two, carbon footprint concerns when you're traveling. Number three, reserving blocks of hotel rooms. Mm, Number four, jet lag. Okay, they're all becoming the doing business modes of the past. We don't want to do those anymore. Now I'm going to give you my buzz of the day quote. Here's a quote from Ashley Spiegel at pgi.com, and this will help pull it all together. Just like your favorite video conferencing and collaboration tools, VR, virtual reality, will save you time on travel, connect your regional offices, and change the workplace as we know it, but with the experience of meeting in person still intact. Aha! So what are we talking about today? Well, I have a panel of three experts from all over the world. They're going to predict that your company, if you're not already doing it, will soon be conducting business primarily through virtual collaboration instead of face-to-face meetings. Now, if you think of my little quiz, Printing out hundreds of copies of PowerPoints, worrying about your carbon footprint, if that's on your top of mind list, making hotel reservations, setting up conference rooms, dealing with jet lag, those are the things of the past. So what does this mean to you? You're going to be using electronic file shares instead of printing physical documents. Think of all the paper we're saving. And what about using virtual currency instead of physical currency? And the list goes on. So the bottom line is we're talking about how virtual reality and augmented reality known as VR and AR, these technologies are now scaling to speed companies like yours into the future business world. So again, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and this is the Future of Business with Game Changers Radio. Let me tell you who my three my three special guests are today, and then we're going to have them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about what they do about their companies and what their current titles are. So first up in a moment, we're welcoming Steve Krauss from DocuSign. Welcome, Steve. We're welcoming Stefan Aubele from IT Compass, GmbH, and we're welcoming Ed Canney from iGerancia. Welcome, gentlemen. Steve Krauss, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what this topic means to you.
2: Hi, Bonnie. Yeah. My name is Steve Krauss, and uh, I lead strategy and product marketing at DocuSign. Um, Certainly we fit in the topic today because most people understand DocuSign as a company that lets you sign stuff electronically, which means Mm -hmm. you can sign a contract or some other kind of agreement pretty much from anywhere uh, at any time on practically any device. So, in fact, Bonnie, I think we were talking before, you've actually used DocuSign, is that right?
1: I have for mortgages, for legal documents, for uh, financial documents. It saves having to print something out, Steve, and look at the paper and then sign it. And then do I put it back on the printer and scan it in and turn it into a JPEG or a PDF and have to email it somewhere? Or do I take a picture of it on my phone and store it and attach it to an email? Yes, yes, yes. There you go.
2: All right. Yeah, you said it better than me. So I'm fortunate to work there just because your story is the norm by far. Uh, we've never encountered someone who said, gee, after doing that, I think I'm going to go back to paper. So uh, <laughs> definitely fitting into the theme of today's uh, today's show, Bonnie.
1: Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. And what's, what's your title at DocuSign? Now, we've had a couple people from DocuSign, I think, on the show. What do you do there, Steve?
2: So I am head of strategy and product marketing at DocuSign. So uh, my job is to uh, make sure that uh, we're clear on what we're doing and why, as well as getting out the good word about DocuSign.
1: Thank you very much. Good, Good to know. And you know what, Steve? It's an idea whose time has come. Seriously, when I look at documents and people say, "Oh we need a a copy back i I work with a brokerage who still insists that I sign paper documents and put them in a FedEx and put them back call for FedEx or whatever the pickup service is, and then wait for them to get them and wait for them and then email me that they receive the documents, and I say to them. Seriously, that's all I'm going to say. Seriously. So, thank you, Steve, for joining us. Let's move around the table to Stefan Albalay at IT Compass. Stefan, welcome. Bienvenue, whatever language you want me to say it in. And please tell us what you do at IT Compass and what is your company all about?
3: Hi, Bonnie. Thank you for joining the show with me. Um, I'm uh, the CEO of IT Compass, and uh, we have people, 40 people uh, inside the company doing cloud infrastructure, web services, and some SAP services for our customers. And in this area, we developed um, a blockchain-based digital asset management tool, um, which in our thinking is a very uh, important part for the future. Uh, to do business between people, companies, uh, needs to be a trustful exchange of everything which goes digital in this part and this is what we believe in and that's why we put some emphasis in doing this much more easier than maybe other do's. So um, probably you haven't heard about us I think. think Not yet but
1: I am now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we do our best uh, to make this uh, to make this tool getting more around um, as we think that blockchain technology will will help every business uh, to put trust into these uh, business process levels, which goes virtual.
1: Thank you very much, Stefan. Nice to meet you and I have to tell our audience we have a Steve and we have a Stefan, and i 'm pronouncing them very differently so we don 't get them mixed up because I think they are actually the same name in different in different languages. Thank you very much. Third panelist, we have Edward Canny. He told me I could call him Ed because we're such good friends after a couple of prep calls here. And he's from iGerencia. Ed, welcome. And please tell us about what you do and what does iGerencia do?
4: Uh, thank you, Bonnie. Uh, yeah, today is a beautiful day, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I, I am the CEO of iGerencia. Uh, we're a... Business intelligence and artificial intelligence services and products company. Um, we mostly do uh, technology for uh, doing uh, a better systems for uh, knowledge and crunching data and uh, you know what we call is zero collection data analysis. Um, right, I am the CEO. Um, Right. right now, I'm I'm, I'm leading some um, innovation products here, at Igerencia. So, welcome today and uh, thank you very much again.
1: Glad to have you. I have to ask you, Igerencia. Where does the name come from, Ed? What does does it mean? Is it a specific word that means something, or is it a made up name?
4: Uh, you know, in Spanish, Gerencia is like a management, and the I is the I. Is, from information, and that's it. Yeah, you thank know, you. The, the name thank you. Came from uh, when I studied at US, um, my MBA. So yeah, something like from some from some drinks over there. So I got the, the name.
1: Thank you very much. I looked it up, and I got a, a Spanish. Uh, I got a I got a Spanish just definition here, so I'm not going to go any further than that, but thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Right. My guests each sent me a very interesting opening quote, and they're going to take a moment to relate it to our topic. We were looking for inspiration and provocative quotes, and we've got them. Steve Krause at DocuSign sent us a quote from Alan Kay. Alan Curtis Kay, still with us, born in 1940. I call him a young man, Steve, don't ask me any questions. American computer scientist, uh, and actually, he was a former professional jazz guitarist composer, theatrical designer, and amateur classical pipe organist, and you mentioned in your notes to me, Steve, that Alan Kay's 1972 DynaBook, D-Y-N-A-B-O-O-K concept, was the predecessor to today's notebook and tablet computers. Very interesting. So here's the quote. We're familiar with it, but you're going to tell us how it relates to our topic, Steve Krauss. The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Steve, you're on.
2: All right. Well, uh, I think the relation to today's topic, Bonnie, you already touched on it. He had this concept called a Dynabook, and uh, this was in a time before there were personal computers. So think about uh, the late 60s or early 70s, and uh, there were no personal computers. When someone talked of a mini-computer, they were talking mm-hmm. about something the size of a refrigerator. So <laughs> that was 50 years ago. And instead of having the idea that a computer is a refrigerator, he had an idea of a computer is like a book. And so uh, if your listeners at some point want to look at the Wikipedia page for Dynabook, um, they're going to see a picture of something that looks remarkably like a tablet today with a little keyboard on it. And so I just see this as it's about the power of human imagination and where human imagination is driving us uh, is toward being able to uh, miniaturize the experience of using a computer so it's easier and more virtual.
1: Very interesting. I have a page here called us.dynabook.com, but I'm looking it up on Wikipedia, and let's see if it comes up fast enough. The Kiddicomp, K-I-D-D-I-C-O-M-P concept, envisioned by Alan Kay in 1968 while he was a PhD candidate, and later developed and described as the Dynabook in his 1972 proposal, quote, "a personal computer for children of all ages." Fascinating. (laughs) Fascinating. Thank you for that look back in history. I wasn't aware of that, Steve. Appreciated. And my only question to you, Steve, is the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Do you think somebody woke up one day in the past, let's say, 30 years and said, dang, I'm tired of making hotel block reservations and printing out PowerPoints and jet lag. Well, they weren't concerned with carbon impact and all that a couple of years ago. But do do you think somebody woke up and said, we've got to design and invent a better way to do business? Do you think that was actually somebody woke up and said that? Or do you think it was just a a groundswell of, of cultural need for
2: change? What do you think? Uh, I think it does start with individuals, and I think Alan Kay's quote is an example. He was the one guy back then who was able to conceive of a computer more like a book than a refrigerator, and you know, these things do need to start somewhere. Same thing, really, with DocuSign, where our founder, Tom Gonzer, 15 years ago just couldn't believe how ridiculous it was to do a real estate transaction with all this paper going back and forth and people sending things and faxing things, and he said, we live in the computer age. How can we not just do this digitally? And uh, lo and behold, We can. There you go. There
1: you go. So many things have happened and so many things have changed. We say 50 years ago, Steve, like it's just tripping off the tongue. It boggles my mind. No comment. Stefan Obelé has sent us a quote from Captain Jean-Luc Picard. In Star Trek The Next Generation, this was the 17th episode of the American science fiction TV series Star Trek, and the episode was entitled when the Bow Breaks. Set in the 24th century, the series follows the adventures of the Starfleet crew of the Federation starship Enterprise D, and in this episode, residents of a not so mythical planet kidnap children from the enterprise to repopulate their dying world interestingly enough the episode did not get particularly good reviews but 10.2 million people watched it which was amazing at that time and let's see this was by the way aired first time on february 15th 1988 here's the quote listen up things are only impossible until they're not okay stefan tell me how you picked that quote for our topic today
3: So I'm outing me like a trackie now. (laughs) I've seen almost, (laughs) I think I've seen almost all of these Stratek episodes. And um, when I was searching for the quote uh, you asked before, I was wondering which fits into the the topic like being virtual. And um, for the one hand, uh, the enterprise episodes, I think, show some parts of the future already. When you go to the past, you see how they uh, imagined uh, how the future may look like. And we think, see a lot of things coming up, uh, like the tablets and things like that, they used already uh, just inside their processes. Um, and they are virtual, completely, talking to each other, chatting. And when I watch this scene, um, and the topic is uh, like you described from the planet, uh, they, the Aldebarans are suffering from a new technology, uh, which uh, made them not to be able to reproduce uh, their race. Um, and the enterprise found out how to solve this problem. Um, And one of the reasons uh, when Captain Picard was saying it was that they need to beam down someone. And his crew was mentioning that this is impossible. And uh, I think we see a lot of companies and things out there at the moment which think the same way, that there are no ways uh, maybe to go to digitization, go to virtual business processes as they feel impacts on, on their people, on their crew, whatever. But uh, things are impossible until they are not. Uh, and finally, they solved it in that scene as well. Uh, so if you want to find a way, I think there will be one. And we will see in the future ways coming up being virtual.
1: Thank you very much. Very interesting. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, Trekkies. Okay. That's something that's just going to go on forever. <laughs> by the way, I was, I was intrigued that Will Wheaton, uh, Wesley Crusher, played by Will Wheaton, and Will Wheaton was a frequent guest on, um, uh, uh, what's the TV show I love so much? Yes, the one about the big black hole. With uh, Yes, I'll, I'll think of the name. I'm having a moment here. Anyway, they talk about him on the show all the time. Ed canny we're going to go around the table and rescue Bonnie from her lapse in memory here. Ed has sent us a, <laughs> a quote from W. Edwards Deming. We had a quote from him last week. He is, was born in 1900, lived till 1993, an American engineer, statistician, professor, author, lecturer, and management consultant. It amazes me, Ed, that people who lived in that time frame, just before 2000, Put so many different designations on their bios. Uh, his book was The New Economics for Industry, Government and Education. And Deming was best known for his work in Japan after World War II with leaders of Japanese industry. He's credited with helping bring back the Japanese economy in the post-war time from 1950 to 1960. Here's the quote. Everybody knows this one and we love it actually. In God, we trust. We trust. We trust. All others must bring data. Ed, talk to me about how this works with our topic today. What do you think?
4: Um, that quote, uh, you know, means a lot for me because I'm industrial engineer, and um, if you know today, that means data, that means the author because it's it's important, and you know that means what we're we're living right now, the digital transformation. You know, data is because okay all. What we have been doing these days, all about decision-making, is based on data. You see, uh, our daily test on our business is based on data. And mostly, uh, you know, artificial intelligence systems is based on data. So, data is a, we call it a new business So, And this guy from 19, from the beginning of the uh, Mm 19th, he, he was he was talking about knowledge based on data I think so first of all is that and and the second thing is uh, uh, the better and the easier we bring data all about the information on enterprises uh, we we have a better decision making process and uh, if, you, if you know uh, Edwards Deming, uh, he, he talked about Mostly about uh, statistics techniques for process control, Mm -hmm. things like that. So I love this guy. I have been reading so much, so many books from from him, and uh, right, I love him. And uh, for now, you know, the topic for today, that is the the future of uh, the business is going to be virtual. Uh, You know, you have to bring data to all the information workers around the enterprises with uh, zero friction, and uh, that's knowledge.
1: Thank you very much. Very interesting and, and perfect for our topic today. Thank you, Ed. We're going to go around the table very briefly and get to know our panelists a little better just before we take our break. So, Steve Krauss, you're up first. Two questions for you. Number one, where in the world are you? You can give me a continent, a hemisphere, a nearby river, <laughs> a country, or you can give me a city. It's up to you. And we'd love to know. I see that wonderful smile in your picture, Steve Kraus, at DocuSign. So what kind of beverage, maybe not right this minute, but what powers you to do what you do and do it so well at DocuSign. Steve, what's your favorite
2: drink? Favorite drink, wow. You know, I drink a lot of water, which isn't very interesting, so maybe what I'll give you is my favorite drink concept. I don't know if you've, maybe you've seen these, Bonnie. So there's this one brand of tea that actually uses adjectives for the product name. So one of their teas is called Calm, and another is called Uh Awake. And so yep. I do like the concept of that. I like being able to say, you know, waiter, may I have a cup of calm? So, my answer is, <laughs> I like the concept of adjective name tea. I like that. Where where are you calling from today, Steve? I appreciate that. Well, I'll give you a body of water nearby. It would be <laughs> the San Francisco I'm Bay. Sorry. Okay, very very interesting.
1: Um, okay, thank you very much. Well, you could give the name of the manufacturer, by the way, if you want, of the tea, calm tea. I'm looking it up. Who made? Yeah, I think it's.
2: it's just, is it Tazo? T a z o?
1: I don't know. I'm I'm looking here. A uh, cup of calm traditional med. It looks like it's made by Yogi Products. Makes a Yogi tea, calming tea. Uh, the best calming teas you can buy. Cup of Calm, it's, let me see who this is, Cup of Calm, there are so many, this is by, um, it doesn't even say, traditional medicinals, relaxation teas. It looks like it's being, Tazo makes it, Twinnings, or Twinnings makes it, Yogi makes it. Um, <laughs> there we it's, go, looks we, like,
2: we've actually hit a genre, not an individual product.
1: That's right. We have Cup of Calm, Organic Nightly Calm. I'm looking at it and it's just <laughs> blasting off the page here. So thank you very much. And by the way, I have to tell uh, Stefan that uh, the show I was thinking of with Will Wheaton was the Big Bang Theory. I couldn't quite get my hands around that word. So thank you very much. Stefan Obelay, where are you calling from today? And tell me something. What's your favorite drink?
3: Okay, I'm virtually I'm crawling pretty close to you as we are just right next to each other, listening in our ears. Um, in real life, I'm located in the south of Germany, near Stuttgart. Um, and we are already approaching evening time and the weather is great, so I'm heading out for my favorite drink at night, uh, which will be some kind of uh, self-made schnapps. Uh, you know, oh. I own an old water mill which we rebuild, and so I we have some legal rights to distill uh, some fruits to schnapps, and I really like to have a glass of this on my own at night. Um, depends on the time, what the favorite drink is for sure. In the morning. <laughs> It depends on the day; it might be helpful as well, uh, but uh, usually it's, uh, <laughs> kind of some orange juice. <laughs>
1: it, it depends on what kind of virtual business you're planning to do that day, whether you're yeah. flying and printing out <laughs> copies of your PowerPoint or not, or electronically signing documents, and you may not need that. Yeah. Thank you very much, Stefan. <laughs> Appreciate <Yeah>. that homemade schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> <that sounds, laughs> we, we want your we want your recipe for the homemade schnapps. We'll talk after the show. Thank you very much, and let's go to Ed Canny. Ed. Where are you in the world today, and what's your favorite drink? Tell me.
4: All right. Bunny, um, I am from, I'm here in Colombia, South America. Uh, you, you will know what is my fav, favorite drink, coffee, uh, coffee in the morning, coffee in the late day, and uh, right. I am here. Um, I also love to bring some tequila. Um mm. yeah. right there. Um, okay. we we love coffee, not uh not a brand name coffee. We we have a I'm I'm here in, in the city. the name is Medellin. Medellin is a second largest city in Colombia, um, but we have farms all around here near so you just go there by a, a small bag of um, uh, specific coffee there, and that's all. You don't have to uh, buy any brand name coffee. So, okay, coffee.
1: very interesting. Coffee. It's coffee. Thank you. <laughs> it's coffee. Bye. Well, I'm here in Durham, North <laughs> Carolina. A beautiful sunny day here in Durham, North Carolina, and I'm drinking my usual cup of water. I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days, and I have another live show an hour after we're off the air. But I've just invested in silicone straws. I'm trying to save the planet getting rid of the plastic straws. I tried paper and I hated them. So I just opened a package of silicone straws. They're very large. They're very tall for my mug. They're kind of bendy and kind of funky. I'm I'm drinking from a lilac flavor, lilac colored one, not flavored, having my water and I'll, I'll let everybody know if I really like my silicone straws. They come with a brush to clean them between uses. And uh, interestingly enough, they designed the brush to be so bulky that when you put it inside Straw to clean it, the brush gets stuck, and you can't get it out. So you have to push the push the brush through so that you can pull it out the other. I'm not kidding you. I just did this this morning for the first time. You have to tweak, push the brush, and kind of crimp the straw so that the brush comes out the other side. Then you drag it out, and then you know the straw is clean. I don't know if this is the way they designed it, but. What can I say? Steve, maybe DocuSign needs to come up with straws for silicone brushes electronically, digitally. I don't know. Well, virtually, doing business of washing straws virtually. We're here at the Future of Business with Game Changers Radio having a very good conversation with three very smart gentlemen. I have Steve Kraus from DocuSign, Stefan Albelay at IT Compass, and Edward, Ed Canney at iGerencia. We're going to take a quick break. We call it the pause that refreshes. You've heard that before. And so when we come back, we will do a deep dive into our conversation. And our topic today is the future of business is virtual. Is your company on board? Are you still booking conference rooms and doing printouts and worrying about your carbon footprint? Come on, there are ways that artificial reality and virtual virtual reality and all kinds of new technologies can help you do business effectively face-by-face, face-to-face without physically being there. And that's what we're talking about today. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Steve Krause is getting ready to open the round table with me. We'll be right back. Erin out.
0: From our pioneering ERP software to industry-leading new technology offerings like Leonardo and the SAP Cloud Platform, SAP Innovation goes beyond software. We're developing breakthrough technologies that shape IT and business trends. SAP is committed to helping every customer become a best-run business. Future of Business with Game Changers brings you insights from the movers and shakers who are making this happen. We'll delve into global business challenges from the boardroom to the shop floor and learn about the critical role transformative technology is playing in shaping the solutions both today and for the future. You're listening to Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Future of Business with Game Changers.
1: There we go. It is the future of business right now. As we speak, business is happening in brand new ways around the world. Virtual meetings, AR, augmented reality, VR, virtual reality, all kinds of innovations are happening. And that's what we're talking about with our three panelists today. Steve Krauss at DocuSign, Stefan Aubele. If you want to spell his last name, I'm trying to pronounce it correctly. It's A-U-B-E-L-E Aubele at IT Compass and Edward Canny, Ed Canny at iGerencia. So here we are. And we're going going to launch our roundtable formally here, and here is part of what Steve Krauss told me before the show. He said, the University of California, San Francisco, is doing one of the world's largest medical studies ever, aiming for more than 100,000 participants. Let I'm going to let you talk about what the, the trial, what the study is about, Steve, and then related to our topic, and then we'll invite Stefan and Ed to chime in with their agree or disagree opinions. Go ahead, Steve.
2: Sure, sure. So I think the theme here is let's take the paper out of paperwork. And it turns out this can have kind of life and death consequences. And by that, I mean um, in the world of medical trials, a big medical trial is typically dozens or hundreds of participants. And one of the reasons for that is it's just a pain to go through all the consents, the paperwork, all the processes to get someone into a trial. And so the idea that you're going to do this manually 100,000 times, it's never going to happen. And so UCSF, who you mentioned, has now worked with uh, DocuSign and Salesforce to do one of the largest medical trials ever. It's called the Wisdom Study, and uh, it's about personalized medicine for breast cancer. And the thing that's made it happen is this idea that it can be done virtually. You can set people up all the way through the trial for the various things they need to know, they need to sign. All doing it digitally, they can do it from anywhere, and that's a big difference compared to forcing people to come to the hospital, go through all the materials, go home, check their documents, bring it back, etc. So we've seen some good stuff there. Anybody interested in the wisdom study um, certainly can find it by googling online.
1: Very interesting. So it it has its place. We're not just talking about business in terms of meetings as we started out talking about, Steve. We're talking about the business of medicine, the business of culture, the business of health, the business of getting people to share information. So it's a a very broad approach. Thank you very much. Stefan Obelay, talk to us. Uh, Anything you'd like to say about this particular comment from Steve Krauss?
3: I think what Steve mentioned is pretty right. Everybody who's going to a hospital or the doctors see how many papers he has to sign and walk through all these uh, bureaucratical processes, uh, making it pretty slow. So I think there is definitely a need to switch off the paperwork and move more and more to the digital way for archiving purposes or also to speed up the processes when you go to the emergency or wherever. So I think there are huge areas where you can uh, optimize the processes going virtual, uh, like dismiss the papers, which are copied, transported through the departments and stuff like that. So I think there's a big opportunity. Thank you
1: very much. Ed canny chime in. Thoughts about the idea mm-hmm. of making, getting rid of the paperwork and letting people do things virtually for things like medical studies. Ed, what's your thought?
4: Sure. Um, you know, David's uh, talking about it. Um, something that I I've been calling um, non friction, uh, non friction digital transformation. And I uh, mean, you, you see their uh, signing agreement uh, from the medical uh, process. It's it's all about that kind of things. When you when you do that uh, over your phone, phone number. Uh, over the internet, you 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 have to be there at the hospital to do that before uh, maybe a surgery things like that. So it's non friction, digital transformation, and uh, you know, Dr. has been doing a nice job over there. And it's true, it's true, and and I can tell you, I've um, been using this kind of uh, technologies for maybe five years, and it's fantastic.
1: Thank you very much. Very a good topic. Steve Krauss, anything you want to add to that before I
2: move on? No, I think the general principle here is one everybody just understands from normal life, which is kind of do unto others as you'd like done to yourself. And anybody who's ever had the convenience of signing electronically tends to turn around in their business life, whether that's I'm a hospital administrator or I run a small business or maybe I'm even in government. They say, well, how can we do that for the people who are our customers or our patients or our citizens. And so that's why this trend is happening.
1: Thank you very much. Good, good introduction to our roundtable. Thank you, Steve. Stefan Abelay, I'm looking at your notes here and I know you really want to talk about blockchain. So let me introduce that topic. And eventually I want the three of you to comment on what I did in my introduction, talking about AR and VR helping with virtual business. But for now, let's focus on, on what's in the notes. Stefan Abelay told me the following. Even between virtual businesses, we need a trustful partnership. A blockchain based network with the right trustees can help endow trust in in virtual business processes, and we can talk about the digital assets involved. Stefan, why don't you expand this for us, please? Tell me more.
3: Yeah, thank you. Um, we can directly connect to what Steve already already said. If we, if we see virtual processes coming up between businesses and all kinds of businesses, it doesn't matter. We will see that they need to share some papers, documents, assets, whatever you can imagine, on a digital base. We call these digital assets uh, in this case. And if we share some documents, we need to be into these documents like trustful assignments, like being sure that the content or the, the value which is shared with these digital assets is correct, that you are the owner of this correct asset, that you can share it with somebody else. For instance, go to vouchers, go to certificates, which you see in service processes coming up, or just go to tickets for an evening event where you want to be sure that only the people can show up you want to have there, that this cannot be shared in the paper world before. So uh, virtual business processes need to be on a trustful base. And Mm -hmm. connecting um, businesses together uh, in a trustful way means that we need to have a platform where this can happen. And everybody who comes from the IT perspective will face the issue that connecting IT systems to make trustful networks is or let me say a challenge finally out there. So um, if you move that to the next level, which can be, for instance, the blockchain, uh, you have a level like a layer in between where these business processes can be connected together on a trustful base. That's what we think, that there will be a future where blockchain applications will be able to connect virtual businesses uh, and virtual processes uh, that they are trustees to each other
1: very interesting trust is so important in so many aspects of business today and as we see it getting more and more virtual which is the point of the show it's yeah, yeah. so important I'm so glad you brought that up Stefan uh, and and blockchain is supposed to be that that way that we can trust the information the, the question always arises who's putting in the original information and is it true and is it real and then we know we can trust it as blockchain is an immutable yeah. network uh, of distribution of permissions if you will that's untouchable so thank you Stefan. Ed Kenny Thoughts about using blockchain in this concept of virtual business. What do you think, Ed? Agree or disagree?
4: Um, I agree. I agree because uh, when you say trust, when you, when you can't move your enterprise to be virtual without uh, trust systems. Uh, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do uh, whatever you want, but if you don't have a, your data in... Uh, Repositories to be, uh, secure, uh, you, will want, you won't do it, uh, in the right, um, uh, way. So, yeah, blockchain has been a, a technology has been, uh, increasing, uh, evolution, uh, the, the evolution, uh, and, uh, right now the cloud systems are, um, allow us to be in a better, uh, blockchain systems. So I, I agree
1: 100%. Thank you very much, Steve Kraus, join us. What do you think about the trustful partnership being facilitated by a blockchain-based network in this virtual business we're talking
2: about? Yeah, I think uh I buy it. Uh we do it at block at, at DocuSign where uh we have customers who've said, "Hey, you know, we're doing these agreements <laughs> and uh We'd like to be able to write the evidence of the agreement, you know, who did it and what, when did they do it, so all of this is out there on the record. And uh, it's a capability we have, so it's an option, and uh, people who want to write the evidence of an agreement to a blockchain can, the Ethereum blockchain. I think for us, trust is just a set of options where you can trust DocuSign itself to do that exact same thing, or if you want to put it into uh, an environment like a blockchain, you can as well. So uh, trust either way is something that will always be necessary. And the issue is um, give people the options to get the kind of trust they want.
1: Thank you very much. Stefan Abelé, anything you want to add to this? Good good, uh, comments around the table.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Steve is pretty right. And when he he says blockchain is not always the solution, he's absolutely correct with that. Um, I think it's depending on how many people you want to connect or how many businesses you want to connect to each other in between the level of trust. So if you have only a party of two, Um, there might be no need for a blockchain. Um, Or if you are in your own company, you probably trust your systems, uh, like you say with DocuSign. Uh, But the the more participants you see in a network connecting to each other that they want to trust on a digital asset, the more blockchain makes sense in that.
1: Thank you very much. Good conversation there. Ed Canny, I'm looking at your notes here, and let's see what we've got. Something interesting. Let's talk about... Oh, bots, artificial intelligence. Ed told me the following before the show. He says... The digital transformation has made technologies like artificial intelligence available to transform the way we consume data. Remember, we're talking about the context of virtual business. Bots would become our insight virtual assistants. They work unpainfully. I love that, Ed. 24 hours a day with zero friction. Let's talk about how bots are helping to make businesses virtual to allow us to conduct business even when we're sleeping or away from our Desk or phone, however. Ed, talk to me. Tell me more, please.
4: Yeah, um, and, and you have you have been using bots uh, for so many uh, years. Uh, maybe not on, on, on an enterprise uh, system for uh, data um, insights, but for uh, uh, order your laundry soap uh, for tomorrow. Okay. We have been doing it for so many months, I think so. Uh, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't say uh, the name of the, the product, that uh, you can do it, but uh, you know. Um, but right now, uh, the data on, on the enterprises are, um, it's getting more and more and more. And um, you know, uh, we have been using Business intelligence and uh, data warehouses, uh, data marts to, uh, to provide those, uh, reports, dashboards to take decisions. But, uh, you know, those are, uh, systems that right now they're getting, getting complex to do that. I, would, I wouldn't say complex, complex now. I wouldn't say you need at least 10 clicks. Just to know the sales uh, of yesterday's sales. For example, um, I know uh, a a manager. Most of the managers they they just send them a an email today and click click on an, on the email, click on Excel spreadsheet, click on I uh, don't know the filter and things like that. So mostly they, they use a hand click to do that. Why? If you if you order a salt laundry, okay. so we just say uh, with a speaker or on your mobile phone, mobile phone, you just uh, write, please. Uh, what is your uh, send me tomorrow the a new bag for laundry salt. Why why don't you uh, ask uh, a bot? Please, uh, What what was the the cells yesterday tell. Uh What was the year? Uh, what is the year today? tell? Um, that's the same thing. Uh, you, you don't have to go through the ten clicks to, to get the uh, the answer. That's what I'm I'm calling the um, non friction data insight. And uh, you know, in the future, we we have we're gonna be uh, using more and more and more uh virtual assistants from uh bots that they work twenty four hours a day. Uh you, you can't you, you don't have to uh wait until uh your uh data analysis guy uh just uh during the lunch time uh and you need uh before you you go to the new to the meeting and you call the guy, okay please uh send me uh uh, that, 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 the data, and, uh, because I need uh, before my meeting, and the guy, I, w- I will, I will answer you, okay, give me a second, give me 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, because I'm, I'm doing the lunch time. No, right now, bots are, are working 24 hours a day. So, um, right now, um, we're working on, on, at Ingerentia, on a better way to, uh, Drink, eat, consume data from edit prices with uh, non-click systems. That's all about it.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. Very interesting. Uh, Steve Krauss, you want to chime in on this? Any any thoughts you want to add, please?
2: Well, sure. To my mind, bots are an evolution of the idea of human health right? Mm -hmm. So in the very old days, if you needed help doing something, you had to physically go to the person who would help you do it. And then at some point, uh, we started having things like remote help via call centers. So if you needed support, you could call the call center, but even that was only open some of the time. And, you know, we're evolving into this world where a lot of kinds of help can be given virtually, which fits in nicely with what we're talking about today. And of course, that help it's twenty four seven. It is of a uniform quality. Once it's done well, it's done well every time. And so, you know, as a trend, uh, it's a great example of something where it just it keeps getting better. It keeps getting more convenient.
1: Thank you very much. I like the way you describe the the evolution of bots. Yes, human help, and and I love the way uh, the way Ed brought up that. They're they're just there when it's not painful. Very interesting. We used to say when people started developing their own websites and blogs, we used to say, oh, uh, you know what? I used to teach eBay selling skills for an adult ed program in my community on Long Island. And I used to tell people... Even when you're asleep or you're out of your house or you're traveling somewhere or you're doing something, you have this virtual opportunity to reach people with your products or whatever it is you're selling on eBay because it's a 24-7 store that's always open. So now when we have bots, you, you just never know. You never know if you're talking to a bot or a human. Sometimes you're thrilled to know there's a human somewhere in the world is answering your, your urgent question at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yes. So bots certainly are part of that. Thank you very much. Stefan Albalay, join Join us. Thoughts about the concept of bots for virtual
3: business. What do you think? Now I think it's common sense we see here that bots will be a, a very relevant part in virtual businesses, like to support uh, the communication ways and uh, to help, like you described, being there 24 hours away. But I got one question mm-hmm. maybe to ask. Yeah. I would be interested if there is any analysis on how people feel when they talk to a bot and get later known that it was a bot, not a human being? Because when you now talk to bots, you, you actually they are very good already. Uh, so in some cases you even don't know that there's a bot next to you which is answering your questions. Um, but is there any analysis on how people uh, feel when they later get known about that they talk to a bot?
1: Hmm. Interesting. Well, I I know uh, some colleagues of mine at SAP took a little poll about whether a particular, somebody took a clip of an audio uh, conversation they had and they posted it and said to their colleagues on their team, who can tell if this is a real person or a bot? And uh, most people mm-hmm. thought it was a real person and it wasn't. And I'll tell you that I, I uh, hired a trainer through a, a certain website that provides local trainers and um, I had a problem about using their website it was about 1 30 in the morning not unusual for me to be working late at night and a little window popped up and said hi Bonnie can we help you and I wrote yep. back yes and they told me what to do and and Stefan I said are you a person or a bot and the answer came back <laughs> hell I'm Michael I'm a real person don't tell me I'm a bot <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely shocked. So I would give them a five-star plus rating on their customer service because a real person was answering, or at least he wanted me to think maybe it was a cleverly programmed bot. But you know what? Thank you for that. We're going to go around the table very quickly with our predictions. I have about 90 seconds for each of you. It's been an interesting conversation, but I'm going to focus the predictions to my three panelists, if you don't mind. I don't think we talked about AR and VR in terms of working with virtual business in terms of how they're going to change virtual business. So, in honor of uh, of Erica Lalakar who set up this show, I would love to, and April Caldwell, I would love to have you just touch briefly on what you think the role of AR and VR are going to be in your prediction about the future of virtual business. So, Steve Krauss at DocuSign, 60 seconds. Give me a nice prediction here. Go ahead.
2: Well, let's build on what we were just talking about with kind of Mm -hmm. the evolution of human health. So let's talk about augmented reality and talk about the idea of uh, there being physical models of, or sorry, virtual models of physical places. For example, a power plant or something like that. And if something goes wrong and someone needs to go in and, you know, fix uh, a nuclear reactor, to take an extreme example, uh, what is the value of having that whole physical place modeled in the virtual world where it's kind of interesting because that person coming in in an emergency where time is of the essence can flip some goggles on and overlaid over what they see can be all the information about the parts and where they're supposed to be so someone can quickly detect, oh, this isn't in the right place or this isn't working the right way. And so what I see is that's like a kind of human help in that an expert would know all that stuff, but someone who is a maintenance worker in the middle of the night at 1.45 a.m. having to deal with, Mm -hmm. hey, something, a pipe has blown, how do I know what's going on? Well, I've got this whole extra layer of information that actually is put right on top of what I'm seeing. So I see that as an example of another form of help in the form of knowledge, visually superimposed on the world with AR to help in situations like that.
1: Thank you very much. Well done. Stefan Abelay, talk to me. ARVR. what do you see coming up the pike, down the road, how, whatever direction you're looking for the future of virtual business?
3: I think that we, that we will see more and more AR and virtual reality applications coming up, like um, Steve already mentioned, uh, building up like a mirror of the reality into a virtual world. world. To uh, see the processes running there more smoothly and maybe a little bit more controlled or controllable, uh, able. Uh, finally, at the end, um, but I think also on the other side, being virtual means also that we need to focus on more empathy and social behavior on the other side uh, in the real world, as these things will be on the same side of a balance. You know, uh, we we need to balance in between these uh, these parts. So. Virtual processes uh, with new technology, hopefully to support uh, our our work life um, and also our private life. Um, this is what I think.
1: Thank you very much, Ed Caney. Chime in here. I have ninety seconds for you as well. Go ahead, Ed.
4: All right. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see more and more uh, enterprises to be digital and. Uh, we have, we're gonna be we're gonna see more and more uh, data over the enterprises. So uh, the key over there is how we we um, we, we we send them. we uh, we uh, give them all the people over the enterprise those data to take better decisions. So. Um, the, the, the question and the, the issue is going to be, uh, you know, the future competition among enterprises is going to be between supply chain data, I'll call it, and better AI systems. So those two uh, things must be aligned with a, uh, enterprises going virtual uh that's uh, what we're talking about.
1: Thank you very much, Ed. Good predictions from all of you. I want to thank, again, Shannon Platz at SAP for sponsoring the series, Erica Lalicar and April Caldwell for working to organize this episode, and, of course, Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio. I've got a minute to close, so here's my call to action Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a Game Changer today. Just like our very special guest, Steve Kraus at DocuSign. Thank you, Steve. Stefan Abelay at IT Compass, GmbH. Thank you, Stefan. And Ed Canny at Igerencia. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Have a great day. I'll be back in one hour with a new episode of Game Changers Radio. Tune in and find out what we're talking about. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.